Hello, this is Jude from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Saturday, the 6th of February. India reported more than 11,700 new COVID-19 cases in the last 24 hours, taking the total COVID tally past the 1.08 crore or 10.8 million mark. 95 fresh fatalities linked to the coronavirus were recorded, while the nationwide death toll inched closer to the 1,55,000 mark. As of this morning, active cases remained under 1,50,000, accounting for 1.37% of the total caseload. According to the Health Ministry's data, the cumulative number of healthcare workers in the country vaccinated against COVID so far is more than 54,16,000. The Union Health Ministry said yesterday that India has become the first country in the world to reach the 5 million coronavirus vaccination mark in just 21 days. Of the total beneficiaries vaccinated, the highest number of people were vaccinated in Uttar Pradesh with more than 6,70,000. The state was followed by Maharashtra, Rajasthan and Karnataka. The countrywide Chakka Jam, or road blockade, called by the protesting farmers began in various locations this afternoon. The call for the Chakka Jam protest was given in response to the centre's handling of the farmer protests. It was also given in part due to the budgetary allocations made this year for agriculture and allied sectors, which farmers have called dismal. The umbrella body of farmer groups, Samyukt Kisan Morcha, gave a call for all roads and national highways to be blocked throughout the nation except in Delhi, Uttar Pradesh and Uttarakhand. The road blockade took place for three hours, from noon to 3pm. Blockades were held on multiple state and national highways in Punjab and Haryana. In Jammu, farmer groups staged a protest along the jammu Patan Court Highway as part of the Chakka Jam. In Bengaluru, the police detained a group of protesters, agitating against the centre's farm laws outside the Yalahanka police station as part of the Chakka Jam protests. Ahead of today's protests, the Delhi police this morning ramped up security measures in and around the capital. Drone cameras were deployed by the police at Tikri border today to monitor the law and order situation. The police said that around 50,000 police personnel, paramilitary and reserve forces have been deployed in Delhi NCR region. At least 12 metro stations have also been put on alert. The police erected multi-layer barricades to stop the movement of vehicles at the Ghazipur border. Mint reported that heavy deployment of police personnel was seen at the Red Fort as a preventive measure. Today's agitation comes in the backdrop of an unprecedented crackdown on the protesters launched by the police. In the days after the Republic Day tractor parade, protest sites were fortified with iron spikes and steel barricades to stop demonstrating farmers from entering the capital. The government also restricted access to mobile internet services in and around the border areas. The Indian Express reported today that administration of Bhagpat district in Uttar Pradesh has issued notices to local leaders associated with the farmer protests. The notices asked the leaders to sign a personal bond of 2 lakh rupees each to ensure that peace is maintained in the jurisdiction. Former Rashtriya Lokdal MLA Veerpal Singh Rati told the newspaper that he and six others were sent notices a day before they participated in a Mahapanchayat on January 31st. In the said event, it was decided that farmers from the region should move to the Ghazipur and Singhu borders to join the agitation. The notice received by Rati asked him to sign a personal bond worth 2 lakh rupees and hand over two sureties of the same amount for one year to quote-unquote maintain peace. Meanwhile, the Office of the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights yesterday urged both the Indian government and the protesting farmers to exercise maximum restraint. The tweet by the human rights body read, and I quote, We call on the authorities and protesters to exercise maximum restraint in the ongoing farmer protests. The rights to peaceful assembly and expression should be protected both offline and online. 
It's crucial to find equitable solutions with due respect to human rights for all. Unquote. In another development related to tweets by international personalities on the farmers' agitation, the Delhi police yesterday wrote to Google and other social media companies. The police asked them to provide information about the creators of Toolkit, tweeted by climate change campaigner Greta Thunberg in her messages expressing support for farmers' protests. The police said they sought details about the emails, domain URLs and certain social media accounts mentioned in the Toolkit. This came a day after the Delhi police launched an FIR against the creators of the toolkit, who they described as pro-Khalistan. A toolkit refers to a booklet or document created to explain a cause or issue. Dear listeners, a recent study by an associate professor in the University of Michigan has shown that a section of Indian celebrities engaged in putting out similar tweets using two hashtags on Twitter on February 3rd. This came after the farmers' protests garnered the support of international personalities like pop singer Rihanna and teen climate activist Greta Thunberg on social media. Incidentally, those two hashtags used by Indian celebrities were the ones framed by the Union Ministry of External Affairs in response to the global criticism of government's handling of the farmers' protests. Various Indian sportsperson celebrities, including Sachin Tendulkar, Virat Kohli, Anil Kumble, Rohit Sharma, Ravi Shastri, hopped on the bandwagon to circulate the government's statement in identical hashtags. In his recent opinion piece on Newslaundry.com, Siddhar Singh writes how the Indian sports personalities, to the dismay of many fans, are not just abandoning the Towers of Freedom now, but never guarded them in the first place. His piece is titled, If Only India Had Sportspersons Like Muhammad Ali Today. Listeners, while you're on our website, I urge you to also check out News Laundry's consistent coverage of the farmers' protests from the ground. You will find a series of in-depth ground reports, video reports, interviews and explainers done by a dedicated team of reporters. In the two months of the farmers' agitation at Delhi, we at News Laundry have brought you voices from the ground unlike a section of the national media that has chosen to stick with inflammatory narratives and high-decibel primetime shows. But we are a 100% ad-free independent news platform and can only continue to bring you stories that matter if we have your support. So if you aren't a subscriber already, now is the right time to hit that subscribe button on the top right corner of newslaundry.com and support independent media. Low subscription starts at 300 rupees a month only. Pay to keep news free. After one and a half years of fully and partially banned internet services, restoration of 4G internet services was finally ordered in Union Territory of Jammu and Kashmir last evening. It was, however, unclear when the high-speed internet services would be available. The Indian Express, meanwhile, quoted government sources as saying that internet services would be restored by midnight of February 5th. The order issued by the Principal Secretary of the Jammu and Kashmir Administration asked authorised officers to closely monitor the impact of the lifted restrictions. The decision to restore the internet came in the backdrop of the government facing widespread criticism at home and internationally for imposing curbs on the internet, which is seen as a core human right. On January 22nd, the Jammu and Kashmir administration had extended the suspension of high-speed internet till February 6th. It had added that the services will continue to be restricted to 2G. After yesterday's announcement, People's Democratic Party leader and former Chief Minister of the Valley, Omar Abdullah, tweeted, and I quote, 4G Mubarak. For the first time since August 2019, all of Jammu and Kashmir will have 4G mobile data. Better late than never. Unquote. Internet services were suspended in Jammu and Kashmir on August 5, 2019, ahead of the centre's scrapping of Article 370 of the Constitution. The erstwhile state of Jammu and Kashmir was consequently split into the Union territories of Jammu and Kashmir and Ladakh. Amid confusion over permissions, the BJP chief, J.P. Nadda, announced that he would flag off a chariot yatra in West Bengal today. 
Nadda is in the state ahead of the assembly elections, due in the state for May. The rally dubbed as the Parivartan Yatra would be flagged off Nadia district. Nadda is also expected to participate in various political programs during his visit. The BJP's statement to West Bengal's chief secretary about the Rath Yatra said, and I quote, Each yatra, meaning procession, will include a rath or chariot and will run simultaneously in different territories of the state. Unquote. This is a part of the Safran Party's bid to mobilize public support for the party which has made significant inroads in the Trinamool Congress or TMC governed state ahead of the elections. More than 70 TMC leaders have defected to the BJP in the last few months, including the prominent names like Mamta Banerjee aide Subendu Adhikari and Rajiv Banerjee. However, there was some confusion about whether BJP has permission to hold the rally in the state. Unidentified officials said the administration granted permission for a public meeting at Navadwip, but there was still no green signal for the Parivartan Yatra. An NDTV report quoting a police official has said that permission had only been given to Mr. Nada's program, not for the Rath Yatra. The BJP leadership had announced they would go ahead with the event, irrespective of local formalities. On the other hand, the TMC alleged that the BJP was trying to stir communal passions in the state. The party tweeted and I quote, They are indulging in malicious propaganda with neither substance nor truth. Unquote. The TMC also clarified yesterday that the state government had not denied the BJP permission for the Yatra, but the matter was still under the Calcutta High Court. Besides Nadda, for the second time in two weeks, Prime Minister Narendra Modi will also be in West Bengal and Assam on Sunday for the launch of several projects. He will also be addressing public rallies in the two pole-bound states. Now let's move on to the international updates. In Myanmar, the military generals who recently took over the South Asian nation through a coup suspended internet services in the country today. The suspension of services came as thousands of people took to the streets of the capital Yangon to denounce the week's coup and demand the release of elected leader Aung San Suu Kyi. In a first-of-its-kind demonstration since the military takeover on Monday, activists today chanted, and I quote, Military dictator fail fail, democracy win win, unquote. Banners held by the protesters indicated the resistance towards the military dictatorship. As the protest amplified with activists issuing calls on social media for people to join the march, the country's internet crashed. Monitoring group NetBlock's Internet Observatory reported a national-scale internet blackout. It said that connectivity had fallen to 54% of ordinary levels. According to Reuters, witnesses reported a shutdown of mobile data services and Wi-Fi. The military leadership did not respond to requests for comment. It tried to silence dissent by temporarily blocking Facebook and extended a social media crackdown to Twitter and Instagram today. The coup on February 1st took over the elected leader, Aung San Suu Kyi's leadership. Her party, National League for Democracy or NLD, had on November 8th last year won the national elections in a landslide. The result of the election, however, was not accepted by the military, who claimed that it was fraudulent. Veteran Canadian actor Christopher Plummer, whose decades-long career featured the iconic musical The Sound of Music, died yesterday at the age of 91. Plummer's manager Lou Pitt said in a statement that the actor passed away peacefully at his home in Connecticut with his wife Elaine Taylor by his side. Plummer was honoured for his diverse stage, television and film work in a career that spanned more than six decades. In 2012, he became the oldest actor to win an Oscar at 82 for his supporting role in the film Bigners. Plummer was bestowed with Canada's highest civilian honour in 1968 when he was invested as Companion of the Order of Canada by Queen Elizabeth II. 
He was later inducted into the American Theatre's Hall of Fame in 1986. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau expressed his condolences calling Plummer the most iconic and beloved of actors in the country. Tributes poured in for the late actor from prominent names in Hollywood. Now for a brief update on global COVID numbers. The coronavirus has infected more than 105 million people so far, while over 2.3 million have succumbed to the virus. Global recoveries from COVID-19 meanwhile surged to 58.6 million. Before I wrap up dear listeners, on this week's Hafta, the news laundry panel is joined by Vivek Kaul, a journalist and the author of the book Bad Money. The discussion spans the union budget 2021, Rihanna and Greta Thunberg's tweets, and the detention of journalists at the Singhu border. To get access to the podcast, head over to newslaundry.com and hit that subscribe button on the top right corner, which will also let you enjoy a whole range of subscriber-only content. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a good day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hold up. 